Hello, everyone. Thank you very much for joining us for this NASDAQ Dorsey Wright podcast on Wednesday, August 5th. Um, my name is Ian Saunders, and joining us here today is Chuck Fuller. Um, and Chuck, we're coming in today looking at the broad, these most broad domestic equity indices are in positive territory, at least at the time of this recording. Never going to say never, especially after the past few months. Um, but at least at the time of this recording, look, looking at uh, gains here across the board for the Dow, the NASDAQ, uh, composite and the S&P 500. Um, and in taking a look at the S&P 500, it, chart that we've been continuing to monitor here, um, especially over the past few months, has been that 20-point chart of the S&P 500. You can navigate to that if you're, if you're following along on the platform by going over to the left-hand side of the S&P 500 chart page and clicking on that 20-point under other scales. Um, and in looking at that chart, we're, we're, we're seeing the, another X printed today at 3320 looking at three consecutive buy signals here recently, um, and actually seeing three additional X's printed just over the last three days. I mean, we're only on the third trading day here of August, and uh, l- looking at three additional X's climbing back up towards that hot chart high of 33.80 that we saw there in February. Um, so definitely seeing some, some continued follow through to the upside as we head through the month of August here, Chuck. Yeah, you know, this, uh, this rally off the bottom has been uh, historic um, in a lot of ways. Um, we actually uh, you know, celebrated the, I guess it was a four-month uh, birthday of the, uh, the rally back in uh, on uh, July 23rd. And, you know, the market was up, I think, through that day um, about 45%. Um, and to, to give a little context on that, the S&P 500, since it's been 500 stocks, which it, it turned to 500 stocks, um, in I think it was March of 1957, um, it has never been up 45% uh, in four months um, ever uh, since it's had 500 stocks in it. Uh, it did do it back in the 30s on a few occasions. Um, back then it was the S&P 90. Um, so obviously a lot fewer stocks, it's easier to, to, to make that kind of rally. But even then it only happened like you know a handful of times back then. And typically it only happened off of, uh, you know, uh, massive bottoms. Um, it happened actually in 1932, which is kind of the, the granddaddy of all bottoms, right? Um, 1932 came out, was basically the bottom of the, the Great Depression. Um, you know, you had a 90% collapse in the market uh, to get down to that bottom. And then, you know, you had a, a, a massive rally off of that. And so the, just the fact that we're talking about this rally um, in those kinds of terms um, is really something. I mean, I from my perspective, um, you know, you know, obviously I, I haven't lived that, you know, that long to see, you know, any of those crazy markets, but, you know, I saw 2008 and 2009 and, you know, probably 2009 was one of the greatest rallies that, that I've ever seen. And, you know, when you look at the, uh, the 2009 rally through the same amount of time, you know, it was up about 31% versus uh, 45% for this through four months. So it's, it's really something I don't think, you know, very many of us have seen in our lifetime. And, uh, you know, and, and probably rightly so, I think a lot, a lot of people are asking, well, okay, well, when's it going to stop, right? I mean, the, the headlines and the news are terrible. Um, you know, you keep hearing about, you know, continued um, advancing of coronavirus cases and, and, and all these things. It's, I mean, it's really hard to wrap your mind around the fact that we're back to within about 2% of all-time highs on the S&P. Uh, and then, you know, and the NASDAQ is, is already hitting new, new highs. Um, so, you know, it's like, how do you, <laughs> it's, it's a real hard thing, I, I think, for retail investors, especially to, to wrap their minds around, like, how can this be? How can the economy and the stock market diverge so much or seem to diverge so much? 
Um, and I think it's a valid question. Um, but there's one thing that we've always said for you know a, a number of years, and that that is that the stock market loves to climb a wall of worry. Um, and this might be the biggest wall of worry I've ever seen. Um, you know, so it's so that's something to keep in mind. Now, you know, in terms of you know what could you know cause this rally to to turn around and go the other way, um, you know, there. Are, there are things that are out there that are, you know, uh, somewhat concerning um, that we're looking at. Um, one of the things I would mention is, uh, you know, PTSPX. Uh, for those of you who don't know what that is, it's a chart that we have on the site. It looks at the uh, percentage of stocks on the S&P 500 that are on a uh, point figure positive trend. Um, and so it, it tends to be a longer term indicator. Um, you know, sometimes it can change multiple times per year, depending on the volatility. But for the most part, you know, you don't see a, a lot of changes happening. But uh, here about, you know, maybe a little over a month ago, it reversed down into O's. Um, and, you know, that, that's kind of a sign that, you know, something, something's going on behind the scenes. Um, you know, I, I think what, what you actually see going on is, uh, you know, you've got the, you know, the big, Big, big stocks in the market, you know, the FANGs, Microsoft, all, the, all that kind of stuff, um, obviously leading the market up. But uh, underneath the surface, you know, at least in the S&P, we're seeing, you know, more stocks giving uh, or turning into negative trends than we are seeing new positive trends. Um, mm -hmm. And so, and, you know, just seeing that reverse into O's by itself, you know, probably isn't the, the worst thing to see happen. There, there's plenty of times where you know, reverses down and then reverses back up real quick, um, you know, it's, it's kind of a fake out. Um, in this case, you know, you've, you've seen it come down six O's um, and really, you know, since it's done it, maybe we've seen a two to 3% pullback. Usually you see more than that if you, if you see it come down this much. Um, doesn't mean that it has to in this case, but it's, I think it's something to keep an eye on, um, you know, as we keep going. Because even though, the, you know, the markets continue to rally, um, we haven't really seen this thing get much closer to reversing back up. Um, you know, we're at, uh, I think that the, uh, the actual reading was around 71.1. Um, it has to get back up to, to 76 to reverse back up into X's. Um, and yeah, 71.09 is up there. And so, um, you know, that, that's kind of telling you that, you know, yeah, okay, the, the index is moving up, but the, the stocks underneath, um, you know, we're, we're not seeing those new, you know, new net positive trends that you would expect to see with the, the market acting like this. So that's kind of a divergence where we've, you know, we're keeping an eye on. Again, it doesn't, doesn't mean that the market has to roll over. Um, it's just, it's kind of a, an, an early warning sign that something may be up. Um, yeah. you know, it, an, another thing that, that I'm kind of thinking of too is, uh, you know, um, the, uh, on the, asset class group scores page. Um, I don't know if you can go there for the, for the, uh, the video um, people, but uh, when you look at that, um, fixed income um, is actually up fairly high there, um, as it is in Dolly too. Um, although it looks like, you know, that may change today, um, you know, in, in Dolly. The, uh, the fixed income group, this is kind of a little bit more of a recent phenomenon. We've seen the all fixed income group um, kind of making its way up um, here in the last, uh, I don't know, maybe month, month and a half. Um, 
you know, it's got a, a group score of uh, 4.19, um, which is pretty high. I think it's actually the highest uh, we've ever seen fixed income have on the system since mm -hmm. we've been tracking it, um, you know, going back to uh, probably the early 2000s or so. Um, so that, that's a little bit concerning. Now, yeah, the, we have an S&P 500 index group, um, you know, and it's around four and a half. So it's still higher than fixed income. So that's good. Um, but, you know, there's, there's other, uh, you know, other, other groups, um, you know, within the, uh, the equity space that have fallen below fixed income. So yeah, we're kind of in a market, it seems, and, you know, a lot of, a lot of commentators, you know, made the same conclusion that, you know, if you're not in the big guys, um, there, there's, <laughs> there's, you know, not as much strength in, in everything else. Um, and that yeah. it, would, it would be good to see some more strength, you know, in the, in the broad market in general, um, to have a little bit more confidence in the, in the rally. Um, that being said, you know, even though it, it, it seems irrational uh, for the market to keep going up like this, um, you know, especially with all the headlines and whatnot, um, you know, the markets can stay irrational for a long time. <laughs> yeah, I think we were mm. talking about it, you know, earlier. Um, there's that famous, uh, famous, I guess it was Keynes uh, quote, uh, that kind of has to do with the, the opposite situation. You know, if let's say you're holding on to a stock and it's you know, doing terribly and you think, ah, oh, well, it, you know, it can't go down anymore. Um, you know, there, the Keynes quote was, uh, you know, the markets can stay uh, irrational longer than you can stay solvent. Um, so that it just kind of tells you that, yeah, you, you think it can't possibly go down anymore, but no, it can because markets, you know, can stay irrational for, for a while. And I think the same concept applies uh, going up as well, right? The, the market can stay irrationally going up in price uh, way longer than what you expect. Um, you know, probably the, 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 the best example we have of that, you know, going back in history would be the, uh, you know, the late 90s and into 2000 uh, rally. Um, you know, the tons of people in, let's say, early 99, you know, said, ah, you know, this, this is crazy. Um, you know, get out, you know, the, the, you just don't want to, you don't want to, you don't want to be touching stocks right now. And, um, you know, sure enough, the market, you know, kept rallying for another year to year and a half, you know, before the actual top. And so you, you just got to be careful, um, you know, making top calls like that because it's, it's tricky, right? I mean, the, the long-term bias of the market is up, you know, you look at a, a pretty much any kind of really long-term chart of the market, um, you know, and it, it's, it, you can't not conclude that, you know, stocks go up over time. And so it makes, it makes top calling a lot trickier than, than calling bottoms um, because of that. Um, so, but, you know, I, I would think certainly at some point, you know, it's, it's not going to keep going up, you know, 45%, you know, every four months from here on out, <laughs> right? Like mm -hmm. it's going to slow down at some point and, and obviously it's going to, it's going to turn and, and, and move the other way. Um, at some point, but we don't know the magnitude of that. And, you know, after coming off of the coronavirus crash, you know, earlier this year, I think there's probably a tendency uh, for people to think that, you know, that's got to be what happens again. Um, kind of reminds me of, uh, of 2008 in some ways, how the, uh, you know, it seemed like every correction that happened after 2008, um, you know, everybody thought that, oh, here it comes again. Right. <laughs> Even though, you know, it didn't materialize um, because that's what markets do. Markets are here to frustrate you. You're, they're not here to, to you know, um, you know, do what you think that they're going to do. 
Um, when everybody thinks that something's got to do, that the market's got to do something, typically it's going to do the opposite. Um, yeah. And so I think, I, th I think that's a pretty good case for at least longer term, you know, having this rally, you know, continue just because, you know, that's, that's probably the, the least expected thing for it to do. Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely there, Chuck. And, and I mean, one thing that you and I were talking about there earlier as well, I mean, Markets continue to climb higher, as we mentioned at the beginning, is climbing back towards that all-time high that we reached there in February, at least for the case of the broader S&P. Some others, as you mentioned, went ahead and surpassed that high in the case of the, the Nasdaq. Um, but in, in looking at, at, in, at from an individual perspective, an individual investor perspective, it, people seem to still be pretty bearish here moving forward. We seem to have a fair amount of cash on, on the sidelines. Um, and one way that we track that here on the platform is through some of the economic indicators that we have, one of which is going to be that um, the, the AAII uh, bull bear spread. And what we do with that for the, at least this chart is taking that on a four-week moving average to kind of slow it down. Um, and so for those listening in that might be unfamiliar with this particular indicator, um, essentially this is a survey that goes out weekly um, and it comes out there each Thursday evening and it's going to be printed here on the chart each Thursday evening. Uh, potentially if there's a change, but it's looking at the, to identify those from an individual investor standpoint um, that are bullish on the market minus those that are bearish. So when you see the indicator here in negative, that means that there's more people that are bearish than bullish moving forward. Um, and we saw this chart obviously move significantly lower in February. It was sitting up at 16% from a spread standpoint on this four-week average, um, reversed lower in, in late January, early February, and fell all the way down to get down to negative 22% there in May. Um, we then, with the rally that we saw at the bottom, the big rally, like you said, one of the biggest that we've seen here, uh, did reverse back up, climbing back up to the, the um, zero threshold, didn't quite get back that high. It got back up to negative 10% and then reversed down again towards the end of July there. And it's currently sitting at a reading of negative 20 on the chart saying that, I mean, there's still more, more people of you in the market moving forward that are, that are bearish on, on things to come than there are that are bullish. Um, yeah, I mean, and I mean, it's, in looking at this here, Chuck, I mean, I know we have the, the four week, uh, four week one we're looking at here, we have the normal weekly spread, but you said you'd like to take a look at this one for that kind of longer term perspective, right? Yeah, yeah, I, I tend to like this one, you know, a little bit better. Um, you know, the other one's fine too. It's just, you know, I'm just a little bit more of a longer term investor. Um, and so, yeah, seeing this thing down at negative 20, I mean, if for those following on on YouTube, you, you can tell that, um, you know, it doesn't get down here very often. Um, it, it actually did back in May, got down to negative 22. Um, but before that, you have to go back to, to 2016. Um, you know, if you remember that whole debacle. Um, you know, it kind of made the made it to negative 20 um, in, in very early 2016, like pretty close to that bottom. Um, and then, uh, you know, I think the time before that, uh, you have to go back to uh, to 2009, um, kind of as it was trying to make a bottom, uh, at least in uh, in early, uh, you know, probably February or March of, of 2009. So it doesn't hit these levels very often, um, and it tends to hit them, you know, obviously when. Um, you know, when retail investors are, are very bearish, um, which, you know, that tends to be a contrarian signal. Um, you know, when you see them getting very bearish, uh, tends to be bullish for the market. When you see them being very bullish, it tends to be bearish. Um, so this is, this is a good thing to see, um, you know, for equity investors. Um, I, think it's, I think it's a potential uh, tailwind, you know, for the market going forward. Um, you know, 
like I said, seeing it down here at negative 20, you just don't see it that often. Actually, the, if you looked at the, the one week reading, and we don't, have to, we don't have to look at that chart right now, but if you, if you looked at the one week reading, um, you know, last week it actually collapsed. You know, even then the market, market's been holding up well. You know, the indexes are up and, and, and all that, but uh, you know, the number of, or the percentage of respondents, um, you know, that are uh, bullish, went from, I think it was 28% down to 20%, um, you know, in, in the one week reading last week, um, which I mean, and typically you don't see it get any more, um, you know, any more uh, or any lower, I should say, in the, in the bullish column, um, unless we're talking about, you know, you're in the depths of a bear market. Um, and, you know, maybe you could have said that back in, uh, Back in April, you know, as we were coming off the rally, there's still kind of this idea that, well, you know, maybe this is just a bear market rally um, that we're seeing. But now that we're, you know, we're back to within 2% of all time highs, the NASDAQ is, you know, obviously hit, you know, new highs and all that. I think it's, it's pretty tough to say that, you know, this isn't, uh, you know, a bull market again. Um, so th that gives me some confidence, you know, that, you know, this is a, this is a, a tailwind versus a headwind. Um, mm -hmm. And and I mean, in looking at this as well, and running and looking at reversals on these charts that you mentioned there, looking at it from a more contrarian standpoint, um, we, we did we did run the numbers on this a little bit last week. And I mean, in looking back, since we had this the origin of this chart back in back in 1987, um, there's been 33 times that the indicator has reversed down into a column of O's when it's in negative territory. So there's 33 times that it was already in negative territory on this indicator, and it reversed back down into a column of those. And out of those 33 times, I and mean, if you're looking a month forward from that, um, 26, uh, tw 26 of those occasions saw positive returns on a month basis, which led you to an average return of over 2% looking a month forward. Um, obviously, it's just expanded out further if you're looking at things six months forward. Um, 27 of those times, you're in positive territory for the six months after it reversed back down into O's with an average return of of uh, almost 8%, 7.8% there. Um, so just, I mean, they have seen some numbers to back this up, but um, that definitely could be an interesting point to keep an eye on. It could definitely for those following along that, that have a subscription there to the platform, an interesting chart to set an alert on for any kind of further movement uh, from here. Um, another one here, Chuck, as you mentioned, kind of things to continue to, to look forward to, things, things getting a little bit frothy, a chart that we've been getting a fair amount of questions about and one that we've that tends to move around uh, more quickly is, is the, the NYSE high-low indicator. And, 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 and for those that might be more unfamiliar with it, this particular chart is, is measuring the percentage of stocks in the New York Stock Exchange that are making a new 52-week high divided by the percentage of stocks making a new high or low. And then we take a 10, essentially smooth that out via moving average. Uh, but basically, it's looking, okay, what's, what stocks are making a new upside extreme relative to those making any extreme? And you, you generally like to see more stocks making, making that new upside extreme. Um, and, and we've seen this indicator climb significantly, reaching, um, reaching levels that we don't see very often down at 2% with the market decline there in March, and then shooting back up higher all the way back up to a current reading of 92% with the double top formation that we see there, reach it in June, and then now reach it again here in July. Um, and Chuck, I know a lot of people that are at least calling in and that we hear from um, tend to say, okay, this, this is this is an elevated territory. Does that mean does, does that mean it's time, it's too high? It's it's time to move out. Um, any kind of perspective or things that that you're looking at on this on on this indicator or, or others here moving forward? Yeah, I mean, it, this is one of those things where um, 
you know, yeah, when, when it gets high, it's got one direction to go, right, which is back down. Um, and, but what I will say is that um, when it gets really high, that tends to be more of a bullish indicator. Um, and yeah, I, I, would, I would say, you know, 90% or higher is considered really high. Right now, if you can't see the chart, it's, it's at 92 right now. Um, so that, I would actually say that that's a good sign, at least going forward. Uh, that, like I said, doesn't mean we can't have a correction. You know, I think, you know, probably even like a 10% 10 10 correction right here would be perfectly healthy. Um, but uh, I think it suggests that, you know, longer term, well, there's probably more upside than downside. Um, now, you know, what would you look at to kind of tell you that, you know, this is starting to turn over? Um, I mean, there's the obvious, you know, it, it, you know, reversing into a column of O's and that kind of thing. Um, one, one other thing that I, I like to kind of keep an eye on is if, uh, you know, looking at the, the kind of 70 line, uh, if you see this, you know, break below 70, let's say get to, to 68, but the market itself um, hasn't really broken down, uh, that's usually a pretty interesting signal. I, I, I don't, I wouldn't say that, uh, you know, I would use it, you know, exclusively by itself. You know, if you see that in conjunction with some other things, like let's say this, you know, the PTSBX still in O's and that kind of thing, I give it a little bit more credence. Um, but it, 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 you tend to see that kind of thing happen um, before the market uh, really rolls over. Um, in other words, you see the high-low kind of, kind of doing its thing first. Um, so that's something to keep an eye on. But, you know, at, at the moment, you, we haven't seen anything like that. Um, you know, obviously we're near, we're near 52 week highs, um, you know, on the S&P. Um, you know, this thing's still in X's, you know, it's, it's up at, at high levels. Um, you know, looking at the, uh, the, at least the one day reading we're likely to get today, um, I'd have to go out and look and see where it is at this, this exact moment. But, Last time I looked, there was like 129 new highs today and two new lows. And so that's obviously a really high number uh, when you do the math. So, I mean, this thing's not gonna, not gonna reverse down um, unless we see some, some you know, real bearishness um, in those numbers. So I think right now, you know, we're fine. Um, you know, it, it's just kind of that PTSBX has me a little bit cautious. The, you know, the fact that fixed income is moving up and asset class group scores has me a little cautious. Um, but most other indicators, um, you know, are, are looking pretty good. Um, like I said, with Dolly, um, there's, there's a good chance that, you know, you know and, and Dolly, Dolly takes a very long-term perspective on the market. Um, but, you know, Dolly uh, is likely to, to, to move up domestic equities, uh, possibly could hit number two tomorrow if this rally kind of keeps up. Um, and some of these other, um, you know, asset classes keep their rallies up as well. So, uh, you know, far, far and away, I, I think that, um, you know, we, I have a bullish slant on um, where things are going right now. Um, but just a, just a few things to, to highlight um, as areas to be cautious with. Yeah, very well. And, well, wonderful there, Chuck. And I think there's no shortage of, of indicators for those uh, to, that we provided here for those to continue to follow along. I think we've hit on most of those, most of those areas that we were looking to uh, looking to cover here this afternoon. Mm -hmm. uh, for those of you following along here that have, do have a research uh, a subscription to the NASDAQ Dorset Right Research Platform, be sure to go in and set alerts on some of these charts that we're talking about. Uh, mm -hmm. Most of the charts are going to have your, if it's a point and figure chart, it's one of these indicators. They're going to have a set activity alert button up at the top of the page. 
Um, something like Dolly will have a separate set alert button to be notified of the changes there. But um, that allows you to make sure you're not missing any of these things instead of coming back and saying, okay, this changed two weeks ago. I, I wish I would have made that or noticed that. Well, I mean, send an alert on that particular charter area. Um, yes, it will. might clog up your inbox a little bit, depending upon how many alerts you set. Uh, but at least you'll be notified there of any, any potential changes to any of these charts here moving forward. And at least there's some things to keep an eye on here as we uh, as we head towards the end of the summer, which uh, Surprising to, surprising to say, it doesn't, doesn't feel like it should be the end of the summer here yet, Chuck, but uh, yeah, we, really. we are nonetheless heading that way. Um, so, wonderful. Well, thank, thank you very much, Chuck, for, for, for hopping on here with us this week. Um, th thank you very much for, for everyone else listening in, and we look forward to having you back next week. All right. Thank you, guys.